Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Two Real Gridiron podcast. Today, we're going to be ranking the fantasy football running backs, our top 20 way-too-early fantasy running back ranks. I'm once again joined by Mason and Mason Smith. How you doing, fellas? Doing good. Excited for this process. I'm doing well. I'm excited to get this going as well. I'm ready for some fantasy football. And Mason's still taking dubs. I am still taking dubs. Yeah, I was surprised you didn't say you were taking dubs this time. But um, all in all, I just want to say before we get started into our rankings, I had a much harder time ranking my top 20 running backs than I did my top 15 quarterbacks. I don't know about you, but I think it's a lot closer in a lot of those groups. And I felt bad about myself almost leaving some of these guys out of the top 20. There's a lot of running backs I like. What do you guys think about the running back position this year? Yeah, it's it definitely got hard to rank it after 15. So I feel like there's guys I left off who I feel like could definitely have a good year. But I, I, feel, I, feel, like, I feel like that's how the position always is. It, like, it's super hard to tell before the season how these guys and how their roles will pan out. So I, I gave them my best, but I'm sure it'll change as, as the season goes along. Yeah, I'm interested to see what the training camp uh, rosters look like and into the preseason, who they're playing early and who they're withholding to save for the season, maybe uh, run run uh, harder during the season. Yeah, that's always interesting. A lot of stories come out during training camp, during the preseason. Um, guys will hear if they're getting the green line down back somewhere. Um, so our rankings will change, I think, even more so with running backs than quarterbacks as we get closer to the season. But right now, early on, this is what we got. So if you're in a league that's having a way early draft, which I would not recommend, but if you're having a really early draft, this is who we would go with. So here's our way too early list. And I think the top two were a very clear top two anywhere you go. Number one, we all three had McCaffrey one and Saquon two. I don't really think there's much you got to say about those two guys. Um, but y'all agree, correct? That's that's the top two, right? Yeah, I think I think the roles are pretty set in stone. Both their teams are going to rely on the run, so I think they're both very safe picks, one and two. McCaffrey is also a sixty catch a year guy, easy. So right off the bat, uh, not I don't know if we mentioned it yet, but this is we're doing our PPR rankings full point. So McCaffrey, that's sixty points off the bat, just guaranteed. are that they're PPR, full PPR. But I, I really don't think it's close as far as those are the top two. I think McCaffrey has a higher floor because he's such a good receiving back. But you really can't go wrong with Saquon as long as he's healthy. And I think <laughs> both of those offense weapons that they're going to have to rely on those guys. So that's why I'm so confident having them as my top two far and away. That's how it goes. Well, Saquon, you can't go wrong. The thing is, I, I wonder if Michael Thomas is going to sneak into overall pick number two instead of Saquon. That's the only thing I can actually think of to talk about between these two is if Thomas comes into the first two. I personally would always go running back that early just because there's more receivers I like in general. But I think Michael Thomas is just about as safe as far as you're guaranteed a stud, as long as he doesn't get injured, knock on wood. But you can say that about anybody. Yeah, I, I will say, like, at this point in the draft, 
I, th I think it's your best bet to load up on a good top five running back because when the second round comes back to you, like you're still going to have those low low tier one wide receiver guys uh, to draft. So, yeah, that's really what it is for me. It's just even in when you start getting into even like the fourth round, sometimes there's receivers that I think have a ton of upside. Whereas when you get to that range with running backs, it's kind of like. I don't know. There's not as many guys I love it's later on in the draft. It's a shared backfield usually. Yeah. That's that's what I think. But I really don't think there's any more debate. Like, I don't think there's anything we can say about those guys that you won't read everywhere else. Those are the top two. Um, at number three, we had Zeke in our overall. I think there is an argument to be made for somebody else at three. I have Zeke three, but it gets from the second group of guys. I had Kamara at three. Just because I think a PPR uh, with the addition of CeeDee Lamb with the Cowboys, I don't know how much uh, receiving work Zeke's going to get out of the backfield. I know he's capable, but I just trust Kamara's situation a little bit more than Zeke's as far as throwing. Although I do think Zeke is a better runner, and Kamara was very injured last year. Yeah, I, I will say I think Zeke, he's very durable, but I do think Kamara and Cook could both possibly – overtake him for the third spot but uh i feel like i feel like zeke zeke's super safe at this point i had him at four not three so it's not even that big of a difference yeah i had him three i yeah i had him at three yeah i really think or not actually i had zeke at four and i had cook at three okay yeah so that's why i think that group of four really i wouldn't i kind of have henry as probably the lowest ceiling of that group but that whole group of four so we'll say zeke kamara cook and henry and in our total rankings that's the order they came in kamara four cook five henry six all of them i think could push for running back three easily yeah agreed they could all they could all get rb1 as well it, it wouldn't shine I don't, I, maybe not rb1 with mccaffrey but they're definitely all going to push McCaffrey and Saquon. The difference at the end of the year is probably going to be 20 points max between all uh, six of those guys. So it, it's really if whoever you like the most, I would say out of those four, is who I would take. Yeah, if I had to choose, I mean, it depends what you're looking at, like what you value. Zeke, I think, is as durable as it gets. You know what you're going to get from him. Um, maybe not the highest upside of this group. Very high floor, as long you know, as long as he's healthy. Well, you can say that about anybody, so I'm going to stop saying it. Uh, very high floor. I think Derrick Henry, kind of the same thing. Very, very high floor. You know he's going to get a ton of carries. You know the Titans are going to pound that thing. Um, whereas Cook and Kamara, Cook, really the only question mark for me is he's had the injury history, which kind of scares me. And Kamara had the injury history last year, but he's going to be the best receiver of this group. So I could see you going him three as well. Yeah, so uh, last year, I like I really loved Cook uh, during like the draft process because he had the ACL tear, and then the next year he had the hamstring injury. And uh, I read online that it's like it's typical to have hamstring problems when you're coming back from an ACL injury. So I, I was super mm -hmm. high on him, and then he he lasted all of last season, played the full sixteen. Well, didn't he get hurt at the end of the year? Wasn't he a little banged up towards like week thirteen around there? He he might have missed one game. Yeah, yeah, no, he missed one game because they had the backup play. And Madison's a good running back in um, Minnesota, too. I, I like him a lot from a like, high test standpoint. I think he runs hard. 
and he's a good change of pace guy to Cooks, to where Cooks, I feel like, is a better receiver out of the backfield, and Madison is just going to run it straight down your throat. I, I do have one question for you guys. Do you guys have Kamara over Cook? Uh, but last year, like, Kamara struggled, had the injury problems. What, like, what, what made y'all put him over Cook? Um, for me, one of them is if Breeze is there, I think Breeze and Kamara have a lot of, like, a really good connection, you know? Breeze looks his way a lot in the passing game. And, you know, when Bridgewater was out, or I'm sorry, when Bridgewater was in and Breeze was out, Miles really get such. I think with Breeze, he does a better job of spreading that around, and Kamara gets a little bit more action there. Um, other than that, like as far as running the ball, I think you could have to take Cook and Henry both over Kamara straight rushing yards wise. Yeah. Yeah, in standard, I might have a little bit of shake up here, maybe put uh, Zeke a little higher and Henry a little higher. But as far as PPR, I think Kamara is on the best offense as the Saints. And I think that's why I ranked them. I think I put the Saints, the Kamara at three, Zeke and the Cowboys at four. But it gets kind of confusing because I like Cook and his receiving ability, but I also think Henry's a stud. I think he's clear cut, probably the one of the best runners in the league for sure. Yeah, I, I feel like Henry's a super safe pick at this point. I feel like, like you know what the Titans want to do, whereas Minnesota, they kind of flip-flop from passing the ball to running it. I think they want to run the ball but because they got rid of Diggs, but I don't know. You, like, you never really know what they're going to do. They got uh, Jefferson, right, from LSU? They did, yeah. They, gra- they drafted Jefferson. Uh, 22, I think. Yeah, around there. I, I think he was right after the Eagles pick. Yeah. So I, I do think Jefferson has a good year and helps their passing game with the loss of Diggs. But the only other thing I wanted to get into with these guys is do their, do their backup running backs – play any role in where you're ranking them so like henry i couldn't even tell you who their backup is right now maybe i should know that but <laughs> with cook you got madison kamara you got um latavis murray and zeke you got pollard which are all guys that will push for a few snaps at least yeah the tennessee backup running back right now i think is darnington evans never heard of him don't really know who he is yeah he's a rookie i do know that name but that that's what i'm looking up on the roster I guess Lewis left last year, but he really wasn't competing for touches at all. Yeah, I I will say for all the guys outside of Henry, I would say they like you must have their handcuff. Like Henry's backup, he's not really proven, so I don't think you need like I don't think you have to reach for him necessarily. But all the other guys, I do think it's vital to have their handcuff. And out of the the handcuffs, who would you? If you had to choose right now, which one do you like the most on their own? It's a standard. I guy. love Madison. I think if Cook goes down, Madison's a top 12, 14 running back guaranteed. That's kind of how I feel about Pollard. For me personally, I think I liked Pollard a lot. I watched him a lot as a Cowboys fan, and I think he's got a ton of upside should he be thrown into that running back one role. Yeah, I would say Pollard and Madison. But even Latavius Murray would be good, too. Yeah, but I don't think the Latavius Murray has upside as Pollard and Madison if they were in a feature role. I think, like, Murray's a good pace guy to Kamara. I think they work well together, as Ingram did with uh, Kamara. I guess, really, like, for me, if – I'll say it again, knock on wood. If one of these guys went down, I think that Murray and uh, Evans, Darrington Evans, would both – be part of a committee in the event that their star running back went down 
whereas Pollard and Madison both have the upside to be the guy, even if <laughs> if they're put in that role, you know, they'll still be getting the major bulk of the carries. Yeah, agreed. Um, and then I think we all agreed the second group of backs um, after after Henry and those boys that we just spoke on was really tough to rank. I mean, for me, it was really the guys that came through 7 through 11, or we'll say 7 through 12 because we had a tri- – uh, no, 7 through 11. I'm sorry. We had a tie at 8. But Austin Eckler came in at our 7 spot, and then Josh Jacobs and Joe Mixon tied for 8. And then you got Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones at 10 and 11. So let's talk about that group there together because I thought all of those guys were really hard for me personally to rank. I, I do like Eckler uh, a lot because I think uh, he showed a lot when Melvin Gordon was out last year that he can be uh, a feature guy, although he may not be the feature guy you actually think of. He's going to catch a lot more balls out of the backfield. And I don't – I'm interested to see what Tyrod Taylor slash uh, Herbert, Herbert uh, does with him because Philip Rivers could sling the ball out to him on a wheel route. I wonder if either of those guys can actually make that throw as accurately as Rivers could. Yeah. Yeah. I, According to, to Eckler last year, I he, he definitely could have, like, top five value because even with Gordon in the backfield, he was still a top ten running back. Uh, I think the only question mark with him is if his quarterback play is going to hinder him at all. Yeah. So that's what – I kind of almost look at it as a positive that he's going to be playing with a low-end quarterback because I think the coordinators are going to be telling them, dump it down, dump it down, you know, be safe. So I think Tyrod Taylor or the rookie might feature Eckler a lot. So he's a guy I actually really, really like this year. And I don't really think there's a lot of competition for carries in L.A. right now. Either. Yeah, his backup's Justin Jackson. So, I mean, he, he could get he could steal some carries. But I think it's Eckler first, second, third down until somebody else can step up and take maybe first down carries or second down carries. But I think it's Eckler – it's Eckler from there on out. Yeah, I agree. And then we had the tie on um, Josh Jacobs and Joe Mixon. How do you guys feel? How did y'all rank those two? Uh, so I put Jacobs at nine. Then I put Mixon at ten. Uh, I like them both. I think Mixon will have an upgrade with a better quarterback play. Uh, I think he, he should have a way better year than what he had last year. I, hopefully the O-line improved just a little bit. Uh, Jacobs, uh, they got Derek Carr another weapon on the outside. So uh, Jacobs showed last year that he could handle a full workload. So I think I think he'll be another good pick this year. I had yeah. Jacobs at eight and Mixon at nine, right after Eckler and then the top six. Uh, I think Jacobs is uh, tower enough to get a three down workload, and adding another wide receiver on the outside probably helps him, especially a speedster like Rugg. Uh, but I, I liked him a lot last year. I thought he ran hard. He had quick agility. The only problem is, is uh, at Alabama, he didn't really get a lot of carries. And last year, towards the end of the season, it started to show that he had, he had never seen that many carries before in his life. So it's interesting. it'll be interesting to see if he can whip last 16 again. Yeah, I, had, um, I actually had Mixon ahead of him. Kind of for that reason. I just think he's done it for a couple of years. And I like the Bengals offense. I think he – typically when you're bringing a rookie quarterback in, you like to depend on a 
on the run a little more than you would maybe a couple of years down the line for the Bengals. So I think uh, Mixon gets a ton of work with the Bengals this year, and that's why I had him. I also like Jacobs a lot, though. I think Jacobs is kind of a big-time upside guy. I just um, – just the sophomore year thing happens a lot, where you have a bad sophomore year after a big-time rookie year. So I would take Mixon a little earlier. I think he's a little safer. Mixon might hold out, though, but we're ranking him as he would play and not hold out. Yeah, that's that's one to monitor. I do think they end up getting a deal done with him, mostly because they have a rookie quarterback and they want to give him as much help as possible early on. But if he does hold out, obviously you're going to take him a little lower. He he also does play. And so after that top, we got Nick Chubb at ten. Nick Chubb is one of the harder ones for me to rank because, in terms of pure talent, I think he's one of the best running backs in the league. But the only thing that brought him down my list is the Kareem Hunt factor. I think Kareem Hunt's really damn good and is going to find the field. I, I had Chubb exactly at 10, right after Mixon and Jacobs. So I'm, I'm in agreement with y'all. The, the Kareem Hunt thing does scare me a little bit. But the whole Cleveland situation scares me a little bit is my problem. You really don't know. Like, they didn't really prove a whole lot last year besides Chubb just chugging away, getting 80-yard runs, three touchdown games. It, he's he's a baller. He's a great running back. It's just Kareem Hunt is also a great running back. Yeah. Yeah. I had Chubb a little bit ahead of y'all. I had him at seven. Uh, I feel like we just kind of know what to expect from him. I think he's going to get his carries. He's going to get 1,200 yards again. Uh, so, like, some, like some of the guys behind him, we just don't quite know what the workload's going to be and how good their team's going to be. So I, I feel a little bit safer having Chubb. So I put him at seven. Yeah, and I kind of mentioned it. I love Chubb as just a running back. Like, I think he's a extreme talent. If you put him on a team that's using him the way the Titans use Derrick Henry, I think he's top five pick, honestly, in terms of talent. Like, I think he's that kind of workhorse back if he's used the right way. But Kareem Hunt is really, really good. And he showed it in his limited use last year that he's a talent that needs to be on the field. So that does scare me a little bit. That's the only reason I had him um, as low as I did. I had him at 11. I even had Aaron Jones above him as well. Um, so we can talk a little bit about Aaron Jones now. I'm not scared off by them picking a running back in the second round, mostly because during my scouting, I didn't like A.J. Dillon as a prospect. So I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't see the field much at all next year. Yeah, I think I think J- Jones, uh, he's a pretty good pick at this point. I think uh, his touchdowns will – Decrease a little bit, but I mean he'll 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 still have so many. He'll still be top five in touchdowns. So I think at this point he's a pretty good pick. I had Jones all the way down at sixteen on my list. I thought taking AJ Dillon in the second round, trading up to get him, in a matter of fact, showed that they love him, that they want him on their team, and they're going to give him the ball a bit. But. Uh, Jones showed last year that he could work with another running back in Jamal Williams. So I'm interested to see if it's going to be the same sort of story where he gets those big, big games. And if he doesn't, he's going to at least score a touchdown and get you 40 yards, 60 yards. I'm, I'm just interested to see what that pans out to be. I'll, I do like his talent, though, but I, don't, I am scared off by them trading up to take a running back. Uh, it just didn't make a lot of sense to me. It could not make a lot of sense to a lot of people, but that's that's what scared me off and uh, forced him down my list a little bit. Yes. 
and that two real may have seen it. I did not have AJ Dillon as a top 12 running back in the draft. So I just was genuinely confused by that. He's just a big back that will succeed in some goal line situations, some short yardage stuff. But I was very, very surprised that the Packers took him. Um, they obviously like him. So he will see the field some, I just didn't like him a lot as a prospect coming in, let alone as a second round pick, but Aaron Jones still will see the field a ton. will be their number one guy. Um, get some work as a receiving back and has, is a big play threat when he's on the field. So I don't, I don't think it's going to hurt him much. May lose yeah. a couple goal line carries. That's the only thing I'd be worried about is if AJ Dillon comes in and gets some goal line carries. And I think Green Bay's going to be playing with the lead most games. I think they're going to be able to run the ball, control the clock, and I think they're going to keep going to Jones on the goal line. So I think he'll he'll keep that upside that he had from last year, whereas some like some of the other guys on this list aren't in very good offenses. So I think that brings him down. Whereas with Jones, you don't have to worry about that. Uh, I have a question though. Like, if they didn't uh, trade up to draft Dylan, do you? Uh, put Jones in the top six with Cooks, Kamara, Zeke, Henry, those type players. No, I, mean, I still I had him seven. You so still have him I seven? like him a lot. I still had him seven even with that pick. Yeah, I'd have him probably ahead of Mixon, I would say. I think I'll yeah, take I would right take back if... to back with Cook. I think that I, I put him like right up there with Dalvin Cook. I like Aaron Jones. I'm not I'm not shying away from him unless in training camp in the preseason we hear a lot of AJ Dillon buzz. But as of right now, I I'm not shy. <laughs> I'm not scared of picking him. So we'll see. But I like him a lot. And I think he's a little higher than eleven when it's all said and done. But we'll see. And um but after them after that was another group <laughs> that I thought was pretty tough to rank. And um for us we had at the 12 spot a tie with Leonard Fournette and the rookie Clyde Edwards Hilaire at number 12. I love Clyde Edwards. I had him at 12. I think he does finish as a running back one this year. I don't know if Kansas city really loves Damian and Darrell because they did bring in McCoy like really late in the off season last year. So it makes me believe that they don't love them as much, but the Super Bowl performance by Damian Williams might keep him around to get some carries but I think slowly Clyde Edwards takes that role away from him and just becomes a straight bell cow bag. And we see another Kareem Hunt situation like we saw in uh, 2017 or 2016, whenever he was a rookie. Yeah, Damien's definitely a worry for me, but he has shown to be injury prone. So I, I think at some point in the season, it'll be uh, Edwards Hilaire's backfield. Uh, and I mean, even if it is like a timeshare between the running backs, uh, like, even if it's like 60% Clyde, I like that because that's the best offense in the league. He's going to cash passes, and then he's going to have uh, opportunities to score touchdowns. So I like him at this point. Yeah, I actually think of all the running backs um, that are below this or um, really below the top 10, he has the most potential that if he's just given the green light, given the role – to like crash that top five. Like I think he has that kind of potential if they give it to him. Um, my comparison for him coming into the draft was Maurice Jones drew. So he's kind of a bigger back, pushes people off, but he rece- he's a good receiving back as well. I really like Edward Talaire. I think the sky's the limit for him as long as the chiefs give him the workload. That's the big thing to monitor because he is a rookie. 
But if he's given the workload, I <laughs> watch out. He's going to put up big-time numbers. I really thought it was telling, too, that Kansas City took him with their first-round pick. I, I see a lot of teams doing this nowadays, especially like uh, back in uh, Sonny Michelle when Patriots took him in the first round. I think it's a good uh, – a lot more teams are going to start taking a running back in the first, like late in the first, because they get the extra year on the rookie deal. I think a lot of teams are going to start doing that from now on. Yeah, and I don't know if you all saw it, but um, there was a p- report that came out that Andy Reid and their general manager were having a phone call at about like pick 24 talking about trading up to get him with, you know, Edward Hilaire being him. So they really like him. They That was their guy. A lot of big boards had him down as far as like running back four in the draft. People had Swift, Taylor, Dobbins, those guys over him. I had him as my running back two, only behind Swift coming in. But he's a perfect fit for the Chiefs because he was the best receiving back in the draft. Yeah, and, and with uh, Fournette, uh, I feel like there's, there's not – too much upside with them. We kind of know what we're going to get, uh, barring injury. Uh, that offense is, like, is not very good, but I feel like Fournette's still going to get his opportunities, still get his carries. There's not very much competition in that backfield either, which with a bunch of guys, you can't say that. So I I do like him at this point in the draft too, at, as like the 12th running back. I, I like Fournette as well. I'm just scared that the Jacksonville team is real bad and he's not going to – Last year, he only had four touchdowns, and I'm scared that he can max out at six again or something like that. Yeah, that's my big question mark with him is I think Jacksonville might be the worst team in the league. Like, I think they're going to be really bad. And teams are going to load up the box because he's one of their only proven playmakers on that team. So I, I could see him having a down year. He's one of the guys I am a little worried about. There's a couple guys below him that I would probably – risk taking ahead of him just because the upside's there like risk reward with Fournette, i i would pass on him i'd have him closer to like the 14 15 range because i think he lacks upside but he is pretty safe he's gonna he's gonna dominate their workload which is which is a good thing yeah it's always a good to have don't uh, have nobody else in the backfield but it is bad to draft or project uh, somebody or running back on the worst team in the league to be uh, rb1 I think it does, just doesn't add up, but he, he the thing is, like, his breakaway speed, he can get through the box. He can get through a loaded box. It's just he can't finish runs. He'll break a 50-yard run and get tackled at the 10, and then he, he just won't get in on the goal line touches. Yeah. That's yeah. happened a lot last year. That's what happened. And I will say with, like, Fournette, he's a guy who I don't want to have as my RB1, but if I'm going running back heavy early, I think he's a guy who I'd love to have as my running back too. Yeah, I agree. He's not um, – he's going to get points. He's safe. But it's just – and also, the other thing to monitor is he is apparently on the trade block. Um, but all the rumors were that they were going to trade him during the draft, and that didn't happen. So that may – there may not be much of a market for him. But that's something to monitor, of course. If he changes teams, will change his value, of course. Um but I just like the next two guys on this list over Fournette because I think both of them have big-time upside. And that's um, Sanders and Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake at 14, Miles Sanders at 15. I had Drake at 11. I think uh, a lot in Miami, I thought he was a great talent. I don't know why they didn't use him as bell cow. And I loved him at 
I hated him because I had uh, David Johnson on my team, but then I saw what he did. And I'm like, he can ball. He's a good runner. He's real good. And so I think with Kyler Murray and Hopkins, that they can make a dynamic trio. And uh, pretty much, I don't, I don't know if they're going to win that uh, division out there, but they could come in for a wild card spot maybe if they get clicking early. Yeah, the NFC is tough, but I think the Cardinals will definitely have one of the more high-powered offenses in the league. And I think Kenyon Drake's going to be a big part of that. Uh, they did draft a running back, but he was a seventh rounder. You know, Benjamin's a guy I actually like a lot long-term, but I don't think he's crashing that party year one. They also have Chase Edmonds, who I'm not too worried about. Uh, but that's just a high-powered offense with a kind of do-it-all running back. So I like I like Kenyon Drake a lot. I would take him over Fournette, like I said. But I, I would take him over Fournette as well. And I think with Drake, uh, they gave him a contract extension, so I think – uh, that makes me like him even more. Just that they show faith in him, that they're co- that they're committed to him. Was it a one year deal or a two year deal? I want to say it was a three year deal, like three years. Uh, yeah, I thought it was like three years, twenty four million, million or something. Yeah, yeah, it was it was something like, like eight, eight or nine million a season. And I and I would say like seeing something like that happen just gives you confidence in a guy, because at this point I don't I don't want to be drafting the question mark. You get transition tagged, which I don't. Uh, fully understand, but I think he's, he's going to make $8.5 million in 2020. Uh, yeah, I don't know exactly what the transition tag... I think it means like that they could use a tag on him next year as well, a franchise tag on him next year. I don't know, but I just... I really want to own pieces in that, uh, that Arizona offense more than anything. I like a lot of guys in Arizona, and I like Cliff Kingsbury as an offensive mind. So I think he's going to find a way to use Kenyon Drake and that Kenyon Drake will have a a pretty good year. I think he will as well. <clears throat> and then at 15, we had Miles Sanders, who's a guy I like a lot as well. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they say coming out of camp and whatnot. But later on in the year, he kind of had the green light as their three down back. And I think he made the most of it. And if he has that role all year, I like Miles Sanders a lot as well. Yeah, even in like a crowded backfield last year, he was a decent flex. So as like the number one option, I I do like Sanders at this point. Uh, I think in PPR he'll be a good value as an RB two. He doesn't really have anybody in the backfield to compete with him. Boston Scotts uh, stole some carries at the end of the year. He had a highlight game against uh, the Giants, I think, on Monday Night Football. Maybe it was Thursday night. I think it was Monday night though. But I really don't. I see Sanders. Uh, maybe even break in that top uh, that top twelve RBs and be an RB one this year if he can keep the production up. Yeah, he was the other one I touched on that mostly because of the upside. I would take Drake and Sanders over Fournette. I just like the risk reward value there. You know, I think their upside would be worth it. But um, Miles Sanders is a good receiving back. That Eagles offense doesn't have a ton of playmakers. I wouldn't be surprised to see him become maybe the fourth highest receiver on that team, being very involved in the passing passing game. So I like him a lot this year. And it that Eagles team has crazy speed. Fan. That Eagles team has crazy speed. Like everywhere you look, it's just speed, speed, speed. So I wonder if they're going to be able to uh, spread the field a lot to get that the linebackers out of the box. Maybe get some nickel packages to, against Sanders, and maybe you can break some big ones. Yeah, he's very elusive, too. Got one of the nastiest moves in the league. 
I wonder if they're still going to use him as a returner as well, because that could add some value if he uh, gets uh, kick returns. I think he took one back last year, did he not? I think he did have a return touchdown, but I highly doubt they use him as a returner. Uh, I, they could surprise me, but just if you're expecting the guy to be a running back one, you probably don't want to have him out there on special teams, just kind of historically. But it wouldn't shock me. And I think they grabbed like Goodwin in the draft yeah. day trade. I could see Marquise Goodwin being their return man, or even uh, one of the rookies they drafted as well. But I think there's a bit of a drop-off for me after Miles Sanders on our list. We had Chris Carson, 16. I'm not extremely high on Carson. I think the fumbling issues last year were real and that the Seahawks may limit him a little bit because of it. But he's a solid, solid back as long as he can keep the ball off the ground. See, I, I actually really like Carson. I had him at 13. Uh, I mean, he's, he's in a good offense that wants to run the ball. So, I mean, that's enough reason for me to want to draft him as like my RB2. Uh, he did finish as an RB1 last year. Am I, am I wrong? I think he did. I, mean, I think he did. Nine, somewhere around that. So what makes y'all more skeptical on him this year? His hands aren't the greatest. Plus, Rashard Penny isn't going away due to unless it's injury. But I, I, I like him. It's just not in PPR. I like more players than him. I like a few other players than Carson. I just it's really just the fumbles. Oh, that's the only thing that I don't like about him. He's talented. He runs hard. Makes people miss. I like Chris Carson as a talent, but the fumbles are scary. And if there's anything coaches hate, it's turnovers. So of these guys that we talked about, I think he's the most likely to get yanked if he can't fix that problem to get benched for a game. I agree. Shark Penny puts a lot of heat on his ass to where he needs to hold on the ball to keep his job. And hopefully he fixed it. I mean, he did better down the stretch. He had, what was it, like four fumbles in four games at one point? And then I, they, I think it's the first four weeks he had four fumbles. Yeah, it, it was bad at one point, and he fixed it a little bit. I'm sure Pete Carroll was on his ass because um, it got better during the year, but it just scares me that he had that problem at all. And, and then we had a tie I, at 17. Oh, you can go ahead, Mason. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I just had a few people higher than him. Like, if I get – if he's my RB2, I'm not mad at all. I think he's, he'll still get touchdowns. He'll still get yards. He'll still get touches. And, and that Seattle team, they're going to put points on the board. So, so they got to come from somewhere. Uh, yeah, I just um, – if he starts to slip, he's going to be a good value pick. He's pretty safe. But I just like Miles Sanders and Kenyon Drake both. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Some of these guys I think have a lot more upside. So that's why I would push for them over a guy like Chris Carson. But at 16, I think it's about the lowest you could rank him. I had him at 18. I had him the lowest. <laughs> There's just a, a few people I like better. Okay, so yeah, I had him at 17 with a guy that I was the only one that voted for. I had Melvin Gordon at 16, uh, who we'll get to in just a minute. But I think Chris Carson is pretty safe. And in this 13 to 17 range, I don't think you can really go wrong. Go wrong with Chris Carson. Yeah, I had uh, the person at 17. Well, at 17, we had a tie between Bell and Singletary. I had Bell at 15 because 
he's a good running back. He's he's talented. He got, he got his money and he, his production kind of fell off, but he he really didn't look bad. He he ran hard and he can catch the ball in the backfield. I think Darnold coming into the third year, he he's got to take a step forward. If he doesn't take a step forward, I think it's just a bust pick and they got to move on from him. And so uh, to that, I think Bell is going to get a little bit more production, maybe a little bit more passes out of the backfield. At one point last year, he was averaging like 10 catches a game or something crazy. And so that, that's just floor for him to uh, grow on. Yeah, I, I feel like he can't get any worse than what he was last year. He did absolutely nothing on the ground, but uh, they were playing from behind all the time. So he was able to catch his balls. That didn't sound right. Uh, <laughs> but he was productive catching the ball. And so I, I – and he's a good talent, so I, I I feel like it can't get any worse than what it was last year, where he was a low end RB two. Yeah, I think his talent is through the roof. Um, Adam Gase and him have kind of butted heads in the past. Doesn't seem like Adam Gase loves him, and that Jets offense was just really really bad last year. Did they add anything to help Darnold either? They got uh, so they took right. they took Becton, Makai Becton at pick eleven, who I did have as the best run blocker in the draft. So that will help some. That helps Le'Veon Bell. And then they got a receiver in the second round, late second, a guy from Baylor. Who they, they drafted P. Ryan too. Yeah. I don't know if he'll see the field year one though. Yeah, no. With all the money that Bell's do, he's gonna get his carries. They're, they're gonna use him. They're gonna run him into the ground. I think it's a RB2. He's good value here. Yeah, he's not going to be a bad pick. I just, it's another one of those that the offense as a whole scares me. If the offense as a whole is better than they are last year, then Le'Veon Bell is going to be a huge, huge part of that. I just, I don't like the Jets' offense very much. I'm not a fan of Sam Darnold at this point in his career. And then Singletary was tied with them at 17, which I, I had him at 19, but. I do think he could be a solid R, uh, RB2 coming into the season. I like I Singletary. Offense is going to improve. Josh Allen's going to get it going on the, through the air, hopefully, to open up some lanes for him. But I, I don't I don't see his like, upside being uh, RB1, but I do think he is solid RB2 value. No, I like Singletary. They drafted a running back as well. Um, give me just a second to pull up who it was. But they Zach drafted Moss. one of the running backs that I – it was Zach Moss. Yeah, that's who it is. He's one of the running backs I was drafted that I do think could see the field early. He worries and, me a little bit. And do they still have Frank Gore? I don't think they uh, I think he retired. Did he really? Pretty sure he did. No, no more old man Frank. Old man Gore. Well, I think Gore leaving definitely helps him out a lot. I think he'll, he'll move into that RB1 role for Buffalo. And I mean, they like they want to run the ball. That's their main priority: run the ball and play good defense, uh, and then throw the long ball to Diggs and John Brown. Uh, I yeah, I agree with Mason. I don't think he has RB one upside, but I do think he could be a high end RB two if he does get a pretty good workload. Yeah, I think the only reason I didn't have him higher is because of Zach Moss. Uh, he was a third round pick, so not a huge investment doesn't guarantee that they're going to use him early but he was one of the guys I liked coming out of college and I don't think they're fully comfortable having Singletary as that three down back just yet he may have a big start to the year and earn that role but I think because they had Gore playing a role last year 
they're not fully comfortable turning it over to him just yet. That's why I had I had him a little bit lower. Did neither of y'all put Gurley in the top twenty? I put him exactly oh. twenty. I'm pretty sure. We all had him in the top twenty. Oh see, crap! I don't see him on the consensus list here. Oh. Uh, okay, Gurley would have been our. Gurley would have been our nineteen. So after Singletary, Bill. Okay, so yeah, we missed miscalculated Gurley, but he would have made the cut. No, I'm actually, a yeah, scared Gurley, Gurley though. Gurley would have been nineteen, so we're, like we're on track. Okay. He came in right I, after I, think Gurley comes, I think Gurley comes in a good situation in Atlanta. They don't have Freeman anymore. Uh, I think he got released. So I think he comes in that RB1 role right away. I agree. And that's, a good, that's a good offense. Like, there's, there's nothing really bad about it. If Matt Ryan can perform, I think Gurley stays healthy, obviously. Then he could vulture not vulture but like catapult into maybe rb12 rb10 standings yeah he has a higher ceiling to me than these last couple guys we talked about but then again he's probably people love that girly year that mvp girly year so i i think he goes before a lot of these other players we just talked about that's what the value with girly i don't love where i think he will get picked versus where i would pick him i don't love that and his injuries scare me a ton yeah, in, in fantasy, I try to pick the safest guy possible. And seeing him come from a huge MVP-type season to, like, 700 yards last year really scared me off from him, uh, com- like, coming into this year. So let me ask you, because I think with us, us three, Gurley would slide if we were the only three drafting. At what point does Gurley become too good to pass up for you? Round four. Yeah, that's about. I was thinking late round four, maybe yeah, early like round five. Round three, middle of the late round three, round early round four, I think is where I would feel comfortable taking them, taking that risk on. It it depends. I don't know if I'd want him as my RB two. Like I, he's definitely good enough to be an RB two, but it it just depends on who else is available at that point. Whether it's like basically wide receiver, like what receivers are available. I think as like my flex spot, I would like Gurley in my flex. Oh, I love Gurley in my flex. Or like my RB3. But I, I just feel like there's probably more safer wide receivers at this point in the draft that I would like to target rather than uh, injury-prone running back. I feel as uh, if you're going to take three running backs, like first three picks, I think Gurley is definitely somebody you want to take in that third running back spot. So you take somebody in the first and the second, and then you come around the third and still there. I think I'd be comfortable passing on wide receiver again to go get Gurley and then come back around to receiver uh, round uh, four, five, six, seven, eight, get a tight end in there somewhere. I think that might be a good strategy for a lot of people, just in case he does explode to be an RB, a high end RB2, RB1. Yeah, that's the big thing for me is if I land a guy like Zeke or Derrick Henry or, you know, one of these guys that I'm really, really confident in being consistent every week then I start to get a little more comfortable with going girly, taking that risk there. Um, but if I take a guy like Michael Thomas in the first and then end up with Miles Sanders or Kenyon Drake or somebody as my running back one, I don't know if I like Gurley being a running back two when I don't have a proven running back one. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But that was the only guy uh, – that was the last guy that made all three of our lists, correct? Yeah. So these next couple guys that we'll get into only had one vote each. Um, I was the only one that voted for Melvin Gordon. I had him up at 16, so I'm pretty high on Melvin Gordon. 
Is there is Philip Lindsay the one? Is Philip Lindsay what keeps him off of your list, or is it something else? So they have Lindsay, which is undrafted rookie they brought in, which uh, I guess two years ago Freeman was going like in the fourth round. Uh, I don't even remember his first name, but Freeman was going in the like top four or five rounds. People had him uh, being like a fantasy MVP, but I, I still think they like him because they drafted him. Although I don't know how much they like him anymore that they brought Gordon in. So as as a backfield, I just want to stay away from. I don't I don't really trust any of it. Plus, I, I just don't know. I think the Denver offense would be good, but it's just I don't know what the projected uh, touch totals are for all three of those guys. Yeah, there's way too many guys in that backfield for me to like uh, for for me to like Gordon, and he didn't show enough last year with the Chargers to make me want to draft him at this point in the draft. Eckler kind of he kind of kept that role and made uh, Gordon stay away. Yeah, I was, like I said, the only one that voted him. Um, I just think they paid him more than a lot of running backs are getting paid, and they plan to use him. I'm pretty confident in that, but we'll see. Obviously, Philip Lindsay is good. I like Philip Lindsay as a late-round running back because he's a good a good speed guy. But I just feel like Melvin Gordon's going to get the bulk of the red zone touches for the Broncos, and that's an offense I really like. I kind of mentioned that in the quarterback video. I really like the Broncos' offense this year. There's just other running backs I feel like uh, you could take at this position that would have a better situation and maybe be better, I guess. I, yeah, I think it just depends where you're drafting him is my thing. If you're getting him at as the 19th running back or wherever we have him ranked, 20th running back, I like him. He's, he's tied at 20 with uh, Ingram, Mark Ingram and uh, James Conner as all one vote guys that we all had. I had James Conner just because I feel like they're going to run the ball a lot. They don't really have a lot of wide receiver threats besides Juju and James Washington. And I guess uh, Deontay was all right. Last Deontay year. John, whatever his name and then was. They drafted Claypool in the second. Yeah. I mean, I, I just like Connor. I think he they let go of Bell and they said, you're a guy. Go get that. He didn't have a great year last year. He was injured, but the whole Pittsburgh team was just in dismay last year. Nobody really did well at all. So uh, I think he's going to bounce back. I wouldn't take him with a with a uh, top. I'll I'll probably take him in the fourth round if he's there, just because he is the bell cow there. I just don't trust that Steelers offense. Yeah, I don't think yeah. I would take him that early, but I think if he's healthy, he's got a lot of upside. Yeah, I think I think Connor's a good RB three. Uh, I think at the like at this point when you're drafting your backups, you want a guy who is the bell cow of an offense, which he is. Uh, the, the only downside is that he's not on a very good team, so they're going to be playing from behind, and like you don't really know how their wide receivers are going to help open up the field and create running lanes for him. Uh, one of the other things I kind of hold against James Conner is that I do like the two running backs that are behind him. So I like Jalen Samuels. I think Benny Snell. He finds um, he finds a role. I like Benny Snell, all right. And uh, they also drafted a back, Anthony McFarland out of Maryland. He's a good receiving back, speed guy. Oh, he's super fast, right? Yeah, he's really, really fast. Small. He's pretty small for the running back position, but he'll be a part of the passing game a little bit. But, yeah, he's quick. And I think think they probably are investing in running back because they're a little scared with James uh, Conner's injury history. But 
I like their I like his backups more than a lot of these other guys' backups. And then the other one that had one vote was Ingram. The only reason and I didn't put Ingram on my list was because of Dobbins. They drafted Same Dobbins way. early. That's the only reason I didn't that put back, that backfield is crazy messy as well as in, as a so is Denver. See, so so I put Ingram at nineteen. Uh, I I feel like he doesn't need that many touches to be effective. Uh, last year he had uh, his backups breathing down his neck the, the entire year, but he was still able to make a big impact in the passing game. He scored a good amount of touchdowns. He's in a good offense. So I think if, even if Dobbins comes in and has a decent role, I think uh, Ingram's still going to be uh, valuable fantasy-wise just because I don't think he needs that that many touches to be effective. Ingram always carved out a role. If you look at him with the Saints, he had a role with Kamara. They were both top ten running backs. I, Dobbins does scare me a little bit because he already wasn't getting that many carries. He was getting like 10, 12 a game. So I wonder how that's going to impact him if they're just going to replace Dobbins with like Gus Edwards or uh, Justice Hill or something like that. But I'm interested to see what Ingram does. If he can keep up the big runs like he did last year that uh, made him a top 10, top 15 running back. Yeah, more than anything, I just thought it was strange. I didn't have running back as an area of need for the Ravens at all. So investing in Dobbins means something to me. I think that speaks volumes to me. Um, So we'll see how much they use Dobbins, but that's the only reason he was off my top 20. I like Mark Ingram. He runs hard, and I would take him in this range for sure. Um, Has high value if he's used the right way, but the Dobbins situation scares me, so... That's just something I'm going to wait to see what we hear in training camp before I decide where I would rank Ingram, really. Yeah, and I will say, uh, so I, I feel like a bunch of these uh, backfields are more crowded than what they were last year, but I definitely feel like the running back position as a whole is a lot deeper than what it was last year. There's guys who I think will be going in like the seventh round who I think could be a solid RB3, RB4. Whereas last year, I feel like you needed to draft running back early. Otherwise, you were kind of screwed at, at the position. So let me ask you guys this. Uh, just piggybacking off of what you just said. Of the guys that we haven't mentioned so far, who's one guy that you think could be a stud, a steal? Jonathan Taylor. I like Taylor as well. I, I like I liked him a lot at Wisconsin. I thought he was a great running back. He showed it. But also, Marlon Mack does scare me a little bit. I don't know how much they love Mack, but I think Taylor might take the role for him, but I still think Mack's going to get touches, and they still have Naheem Hines as a third down back that they use uh, to pass. Yeah, I like Taylor. That running back is that backfield's a little crowded, too, so that's one to monitor. But if Taylor is given the green light, he was absolutely dominant at Wisconsin. And he has, he has top 12 RB potential as well. Like if, if they if if Mac gets hurt or if he starts getting uh, 17 to 20 touches a game, I definitely feel like he's going to jump up a lot of people's boards and uh, potentially end up being a top 10 running back. And I I also feel like uh, I think there's a couple of backfields that I think are pretty interesting. I think New England's interesting. I think San Francisco's pretty interesting, and the Colts is pretty interesting. I think. Uh, like it'll, like it'll be interesting to see how how those backfields play out and who gets the starting role and the bulk of the carries because uh, right now that's kind of a huge question mark. I think you can throw the Texans in there as well with David Johnson and Duke Johnson. I think uh, if 
if they do just keep uh, Duke on third downs, I think David Johnson still has value as an RB2, RB3 to go out there and uh, get you a good value to where you get him in like maybe the fifth round, sixth round, somewhere around there. I still think he has value there for sure. So, yeah, there's a few. You said the Colts, the Patriots, and what was the other one you said, Bryden? Sorry. Uh, San Francisco. San Francisco, yeah. And then I also think uh, Detroit with Swift and on Johnson yeah. is interesting. Tampa Bay has Ronald Jones, and they drafted Keyshawn Vaughn as well. Um, those those five really stand out to me as ones to monitor because whoever gets the running back one role in Tampa Bay I think has a lot of value. I think they're going to put up a lot of points. So that one will be interesting to me. It's just, There's so many question marks with the running back position right now. Especially this early in the offseason. It's, it, it's just basically uh, what we think is going to happen. And when it comes more to like preseason time, we'll learn more, a lot more about what these backfields are about. Yeah, like for one, one of the guys that we haven't talked about much, um, Sony Michelle is one I think to monitor. He had a really bad year last year, but with Tom Brady out of the picture, they might run the ball a lot more. I think he could be – he could outplay his draft stock. I could say the same thing about maybe David Montgomery, a guy who was disappointing last year but should have a big role this year. Yeah, and then out of the two backfields that I touched, uh, the Niners and Patriots, I think uh, both James White and Tevin Coleman could have pr- a pretty big impact in PPR leagues. You want to play a game of start, bench, cut? <laughs> we could play a quick one couple all right start bench cut kareem hunt cam Akers, sony michelle i think i'm gonna start Akers, bench kareem hunt and cut michelle right where where was Akers drafted what team is he on second round pick for the rams yeah i'd probably say start Akers. then then like fantasy wise i'd rather have like sony michelle but uh, if we're just saying, like, talent, I'd probably say Hunt, and then I would say Cut Michelle. The reason I say this is because I think Akers uh, makes a move to be around the 20th running back taken off the board just because people like that Rams offense because of uh, McVay. But I'm – so I'm going to say I would start Akers, bench Hunt, Cut Michelle. I just I, – I don't know what that New England team is going to be without Brady, and I really don't want any part of it. That's kind of how I feel. I don't know. We'll see. Because it sounds like Belichick has a lot of confidence in Stidham. But just in general, I think running backs get a lot more work when you're with an unproven quarterback. So part of me likes Michelle, and if people are going strictly off of what he did last year, I would take him in a late round if he starts to slip a little bit. But Cam Akers – that Rams backfield is another one to pay a lot of attention to. I think they clearly don't like Daryl Henderson very much since they took Akers as early as they did. And they still have Malcolm Brown as well. Um, so, yeah, that one is one of the ones that's going to be more interesting. If Akers – I like Akers a lot. I can, I can see him rising in the offseason upwards. Yeah, I, I think he's going to be a guy who shoots up just because he has a chance of being the bell cow. Uh, like, all, like all we need is just one tweet uh, – like stating how like the coaching staff loves him and all that. And I think he could shoot up draft boards. Yeah. Especially once uh, other backfields get more clear on who's going to be the starter and some guys begin to fall. Yeah. And it's a little strange because I really like 
a lot of the rookie running backs this year. Um, I think it, DeAndre Swift has potential to be a top 20 guy. Same with Jonathan Taylor, same with Akers, um, even Dobbins, if Ingram somehow is out of the picture, we'll see. But, oh, and of course, Edward Talaire, we talked on him a little bit. But I think rookies in general tend to get overdrafted a lot in fantasy football. People get excited about them, excited about their potential. I don't know. Just like a kid and get overdrafted. So I, I wouldn't recommend going after one of them, so to say, at least not right now, if you're doing an early draft. Yeah, we saw that last year with uh, David Montgomery. God, he ruined my year. I'm just kidding. Also, I just want to say um, I had a trade in place. David Montgomery straight up for Joe Mixon. Somebody texted Bryden for advice. And <laughs> Bryden ruined that for me. I don't know how that would have worked out for you anyways. I think Mixon might have been a worse off running back than Montgomery last year, depending on when you were trying to trade for him. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like it was pretty close yeah. towards the end of the year. Montgomery had um, had some touchdowns late. That's the only thing they say to him. His yard total were pretty bad, though. So let's touch it on this uh, San Fran backfield. So is Mostert uh, the starter? Is that what the reports are coming out? I think, what we think? I think Mostert's the number one. I don't know. I, I think I, – I just know Shanahan loves Coleman. He brought him from Atlanta. I I don't know. If Coleman's one that I'm like – if he's way down there, like if, if he's there in round 10 or round 11, I'm, I'm all over him there. I'm really all over him there. I mean, I think they're Honestly, both viable. Like, with backfields that you're unsure of, I do think it's kind of a smart play sometimes to sit there and just lock up that backfield. That way you at least get one starter out of it. So if you can get Mostert in, like, the sixth, seventh round and then Coleman a few rounds later, I kind of, I kind of like that scenario. Me too. I think that's a safe strategy, to say the least. What do we – uh, what do we think about that uh, Matt Rita trade to uh, Miami as well? Yeah, I was going to ask that. I think he has some upside. Still don't love any Dolphins this year. But I don't either. Just because I, I, I think like they're going to be bad again. But I think he has some upside. I think he's going to be their number one back. They have Jordan Howard there too. So it, the both of them together seem like a good combo having a backfield. I mean, yeah, just speed and power, really. They're going to share the load pretty equally, I think. But Brita should get all their – or the vast majority of their receiving looks. There, there's so many backfields, though, that it's, it's just like – it's like, wow. Like, you don't know what to expect. Like, Washington with guys and Peterson. I, I always think Peterson's going away, and then he just never does. He just never does. Yeah, Geis is an interesting one because when he's on the field, I actually like him a lot. He just has had some of the worst injury luck I've ever seen. It's just there's so many people after like that RB2 where you've been to RB3 range. It's like there's so many people there. And so it's like you don't even know how to sort them. That's why for me, at least this year, I like, I feel a lot more confident on some of these later round receivers. I think receivers are going to dominate the flex position in a lot of leagues this year. There, there's a lot of good receivers, and the NFL is turning more to – it was turning more to a passing league. But I don't know. I feel like it's turning back towards more run. But I 
I don't I, every year I feel like it switches from running back to receiver, running back to receiver, and I just can never pinpoint which one's gonna be more valuable that year. I it's really just for me, you look at a lot of the top teams in the in the league or some of the better receiving duos in the league. I think a lot of teams are going towards almost having two wide receiver ones. Like the guy on each side is as much of a threat. So I just think there's going to be a lot, a lot of good receivers this year. I would say too, that like it's always one injury away from just picking up somebody on the waiver wire with your fab money or number one waiver wire position. So where like if a carry on Johnson or Swift goes down, that immediately makes one of them an R, a high in RB2. Yeah. Same thing with like uh, Sony Michelle or James White. One goes down, immediately one becomes a high end RB2. There's just so many situations like that this early in the year to where I feel like it's hard, real hard to reject anybody outside the top 20. Like it's, it's really just a crapshoot after the top 20 to me. I agree. And for me, whenever I'm drafting, the my first five picks or so, completely is the only strategy I really have after that. So my board changes a ton after I've made a couple picks. If I draft three running backs in the first four picks, I'm really not going to reach for any of these running backs after that. Yeah. I think it's always good to go RB early and then just load up on receivers. And then when the later rounds come, you draft backups of the guys you already drafted just to keep insurance on them. Yeah, yeah. I, I always like to draft best player available. So depending on where I'm picking in, in each round, uh, some like I, my preference is to draft like top six and get and get a good running back. But if I draft later in the rounds, then I don't mind going with like wide receiver heavy, uh, just to lock up that position and then draft maybe four of the of like the running backs that are like fifteen to thirty five, just to kind of like lock up that position a little bit. Yeah, I just think the difference between running back 20 on our list and running back one and two, one through six on our list really is a lot bigger than whenever on our next podcast we do our receiver rankings. I might think the gap between 20 and five is a lot closer with receivers than it is with running backs. I agree with that, but uh, like running back is a position where guys get hurt easily. You can You can stream if you need to. So I do think uh, if you pay attention, you can get some good value on the waiver wire if you are a bit weak at that position. Especially being PPR, it only takes five receptions to get you a nice four or five points. Yeah. Who was the – who was it? Jonathan Williams maybe that came in for the Colts and had a big week or two? Oh, yeah, at the end of the season? Yeah. That, that always seems to happen late. Somebody who is not heralded at all comes in, has a couple big weeks. So you got to be on top of it. And every team is going to have at least one running back they're using heavily every week. So, Or Chase Edmonds. I think Chase Edmonds put up 36 points for me one week. Yeah, the David Johnson uh, active and inactive week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's a good start, Logan. That's a good start. I appreciate it. And didn't you still lose that week? I think – I don't remember. There was one week that – I played against Will Fuller putting up 53 points or something stupid. And Aaron Jones put up like 44 on the same week. And I put up like 145 and still lost. 
Fantasy's fantasy's a bitch. That's what we all say. <laughs> Marshall. There was no way my roster wasn't a top six roster last year, and I'll die on that stone. Can't believe I didn't make the playoffs. You you're just a master choke artist. That's all it is. Choked. There's damn Amari Cooper not showing up on the road for a couple weeks. Didn't he have a zero against the Patriots or something? Yeah, I think it was. It was yeah. It I'm was, pretty sure oh, Stephon Gilmore held him, held him to zero catches. I'm just looking at these backfields, I'm, and I'm. It's just crazy to me. Like, so if you had to if you had to take one of these three running backs, you don't have it, like anybody else. Just rank them: Marlon Mack, Dobbins, Ronald Jones. I'm taking as of right now, Ronald Jones one, Mack. Two and Dobbins three. Dobbins and Mac is close for me though. I think I I take Jones one, and then I think I take Dobbins and Mac. Yeah, Do- yeah I think I would- Dobbins and Mac is close, really close. Yeah, I would say Jones is for sure number one there, just because his his path to being number one is a lot a lot easier than the other guys, and he'll be in a good offense with a good team. So I think he'll have opportunities. A lot of people are uh, loving Keyshawn Vaughn though. I drafted him in a in a dynasty league today, but I don't I don't know how to feel about it to be honest. Where, where is he out of? He went to Vanderbilt. Okay. I had him as like a fourth round running back on my big board. I had him ahead of AJ Dillon on my board. So, and I had Eno Benjamin who went in the seventh round ahead of AJ Dillon as well. I just thought I can't get over how bad I thought that pick was. Sorry to harp on the Packers, but I thought that was a horrible pick. I, I agree. It was, it was bad. It was real, real bad. But the rookie running backs and rookies and receivers as well, we'll talk about some rookie receivers in the next episode. But the rookie running backs are going to be super, super interesting to pay attention to as the season gets closer because I really like DeAndre Swift. I really like Jonathan Taylor. I really like Cam Akers. Uh, Edward Talaire, I think, is a borderline top 10 running back with the Chiefs. So – Finding out who wins those jobs and how much of a role the rookies is going to have is going to be interesting because I think you really, really want to own DeAndre Swift the last six weeks of the year. Yeah, I think Swift and on Johnson will probably just start out in a 50-50 split. I can easily see that happening. And to where if one of them gets a hot hand, they just might ride it out. Because I had Swift as pretty far and away my best running back in the draft. Uh, I think Edward Talaire is a good fit for the Chiefs because he's uh, a really good receiving back as well. But I think Swift has a ton of talent, so I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up taking a, taking Carrion Johnson's job pretty fast. I agree. I, I think they're done with Carrion. I think he gets hurt too much. And I, I don't know why they never made him the bell cow right out of the bat with uh, Theo Riddick and LeGarrette Blunt there. But uh, I, can, I, don't, I can see why they drafted a running back in the second round just – because I think they're done with them. Yeah, his injuries are about as scary as it gets in the running back position right now. He's been down the last couple of years. Him and Gurley are the two that I'm probably most scared of if we're just talking about injuries. But I think it's pretty much safe to say that at this early, outside of the top 11 to 12 guys, it's kind of a shit show. Like We don't know what we're talking about more than anybody else does at this point. There's so many things that can change. Um, I like all the guys I listed in my top 20, and I think I still will. But especially when we start talking about these committee 
backfields so much will come out closer to the draft, um, closer to the season, really. Your fantasy drafts is what I meant. But y'all have any closing thoughts on the running back position as a whole? Any last guys that you want our, our listeners to target by any means necessary? I, I feel like we covered all the guys who I think could have value. Uh, I will say the backfields are a little bit more of a crapshoot than what they were last year. But I do think that kind of makes the RB pool just a little bit deeper. Like, obviously, you're not drafting a guy expecting RB1 value if you're drafting, like, the 25th running back off the board. But at least, like, you're drafting a guy who has a role in the offense and will get you points if you need to use him. Whereas last year, when it got to, like, the later rounds, I was kind of just, like, picking this guy, like, oh, like, if, if these two starters get hurt ahead of him, like, then he has a great offensive to play in. But – uh I don't know. I, like I like I just feel I, I feel like now like there's guys who have roles in the offense that may not have a huge role, but at least they have a role and they can be usable in fantasy if needed. I agree. Like I think Latavius Murray might fall to like the tenth or eleventh or twelfth round, and I don't think he like has no value at all there. Usually there you would take a backup running back or somebody that might get carries, but I think Latavius Murray has carved out a role in New Orleans where he's going to get eight to ten carries a game. That's what I agree with what Brighton said as far as there's just more usable running backs in general this year, which is a good thing. And you could argue it's a bad thing as far as your top guys aren't going to go off as much as they could maybe without these guys. But I think there's, as of right now, it will change some. We'll hear more. But I think there's like 14 teams that have two running backs that are playable. Something in that range. I would agree. There's there's a lot of teams out especially in PPR, where you can play multiple backs on the backfield. Yeah, and I and I think with how your league is set up to where if it's like a two-flex league, I feel like that even puts even like less of an emphasis on running back. Like, just so like if you don't get, get a top guy, you can sit there and draft like the 20th running back, have measure RB2, but then have four really good wide receivers in your two wide receiver spots then playing in your flex. Uh, I, I think it – Makes it to where, like, yeah, the top guys don't have that much value, but it it makes it to where it it's okay if one of the like one of like, if one of the lower guys is your RB two. Yeah, I agree. It's it's gonna be interesting to see where these guys go off the board as we get closer, because I think there's gonna be a lot of more, even more so than last year. There's more guys that I think can be league winners in like the twelfth round. I would say so as well. Like it, it's just one injury away. You just got to make sure you're on top of your team, checking every week, making sure every Monday you put in your waiver wire uh, bids or whatever you do rankings. So where you're just covered the whole year, make sure you get your handcuffs, make sure you get your backups. Like Kareem Hunt, if I take Chubb in the second round, I'm taking Kareem Hunt. I'm pretty sure in the seventh round all day. I, I think that's just what you have to do. He might not even fall to the seventh round just because of how good he is. I was going to say, I might take him earlier than that because I think he has some standalone value compared to a lot of the handcuffs. I think he has – he's a good flex play early on, even with Chubb. Yeah, I agree. I think – I want to ask you guys, and then we'll kind of close this thing out because I know we're we're getting into some long-term stuff right now. But uh, just one last question about the running back position. How high do you think Hunt would rank if he was a running back one somewhere? 
he'd be if if he had nobody to contest his value, he is a no doubt top twelve RB, no doubt. Yeah, I agree. Like if, if Chubb goes down, he might vault into the top six up there with Zeke, Kamara, McCaffrey, Cook, all of them. That he, he would probably vault into that area. Yeah, I think so too. I think he is far and away the best backup running back in the league. Like it's not particularly close in my opinion, unless one of the rookies comes on the scene big time. But as of right now, I think he's far and away the best backup running back. I would even go as far as to say as Kareem Hunt is a more complete running back than Chubb is. Maybe. It's close. I think it's comparable, which is crazy considering how good Chubb is. I, that's, that's something to think about because I really do think that if Kareem Hunt was in the place of Chubb, that he'd be ranked a few spots higher than if than it is right it's now. It's just hard to tell because they're both in each other's way right now for me. But in Kansas City, Kareem Hunt was ridiculous. I think Hunt is a superior talent. Yeah. He's crazy good. He was RB1, right, in 2017? Close to that. I want to say he yeah, was. He was he... I... Yeah, I think, I, think, I think Hunt's definitely like an all-around talent, whereas Chubb's good more at one thing. He, he's just a good pure runner. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think we've really covered, honestly, the entire spread of running backs um, until we hear some news about some guy coming out of nowhere. But I think as of right now, we've talked about just about – all the running backs that'll get drafted <laughs> damn near. Maybe not uh, McCaffrey's backup, but, you know, we've covered all the top guys, all the guys I think have big-time potential. Is there anything else you guys want to add before we close this thing out? No, I think I think we covered it for me, at least. I think we covered it all. The only backfield we left out was the Bears, but you don't want to touch the Bears besides Allen Robinson. Uh, yeah, I don't <laughs> love any of the Bears guys either. I think Montgomery's going to win that job from what I've read so far, or at least what the coaches are saying, that it was by design that they didn't go running back in the draft and that they like Montgomery. So we'll see. He was okay down the stretch last year, but I, I don't hate Montgomery this year. If they move Cohen to receiver, he's going to both up draft boards. He's going to be probably around the 18 to 22 range for running backs. If they move Cohen to wide receiver or slot. I mean, I won't take him them. as damn early as I did last year. He hurt me last year, but <laughs> I think he has – he has potential. Anybody else you want to speak on? Or are you already closed this bad boy out? Let's just close it out. All right, guys. So just once again, I'm Logan Mitchell. I want to thank you guys on behalf of Bryden, Mason, and myself for listening to the Two Real Gridiron podcast. We'll be coming back at you guys soon with our wide receiver rankings. Um, tight end coming after that. Then we may do a mock draft. And, of course, we'll come back later on closer to fantasy draft season. Um, also, make sure you guys follow me at 2RealSports on Twitter. Tons of sports takes over there. We'll talk fantasy. We do basketball as well. So make sure you follow that account. Thank you guys once again for listening, and we'll see you next time.